Good morning, everybody, and welcome to episode 107 of the Quickie Podcast. Thanks for being here today. I am your host, Dave Hopkins, and today I've got a long-distance guest. All the way from Glasgow, Scotland, over in the UK, my guest is Clementine Carrier. She's a graphic designer and art director, and this interview was done at the end of the day for her, and she had just wrapped up Admin Day. She's a freelance designer, so Admin Day, as you freelancers know, is an important one. Don't let that bookkeeping and stuff fall behind. Clementine grew up exposed to art culture and museums and art shows. Her parents raised her that way. During this episode, we talk about the person that she met that changed how she viewed graphic design, who taught her you know, to look at the technical skills and the cultural influence and an insider look at the design industry, a great, great influence on her life. She also tells us a story about an influential project she was a part of where she had to deliver content in seven different languages and how that uh, sort of caused her to look at the layout of things and how it works with different languages and the lessons that she learned through that position. We talk about typography and specifically typography in publishing. We talk about design systems in magazines. And she brings and gives us some lessons in freelancing when you're hired by a studio as a freelancer. Guys, she has so much to share with us, and I'm so glad she made the time to be on the show and bring it. Ladies and gentlemen, my wonderful guest today, Clementine Carrier. Here we go. Welcome to the Quickie Podcast, the daily interview show where we talk to graphic designers about their journey to the creative field, and we do it in 30 minutes or less. So, are you ready for a Quickie? Hi, Clementine. How are you today? Very good. What about you? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you very much for having me. Are you ready for a quickie? Absolutely. All right. Well, let's start with briefly tell the listeners about yourself. Sure. So I'm a graphic designer and art director based in Glasgow in Scotland. I work across print and digital on projects involving visual identity, publications, and other printed matters and campaigns as well. Got it. And are you in-house right now? Or are you freelancing? What do you have going on right now? So I'm working as a freelancer. And that means that recently I've been mainly working with different studios. And they just call me in and I work on specific projects or whatever is happening at the time. And I also get time for self-initiated projects. So it's been pretty interesting. Very cool. So you get a little bit of diversity in there. That's cool. Yeah, definitely. And, and have you always been a freelance or did you do studio life? Did you do in-house life? Tell me about that. I did actually. So I, after I finished studying, I did a few internships to sort of find my bearing and see what the real professional world was like. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And I started as an intern in a studio that at the time was called Mary Media, based in London. Mm -hmm. um, and then I moved on to being a junior designer and I stayed there for about two years, mm -hmm. which was an amazing opportunity. And it was a fantastic team. And I got to work on really interesting projects. That's where I got to do my first digital project, actually. Um, and then after that, I decided that I wanted to go freelance to just work with different kind of teams on different kind of projects and be a little bit more mobile in the way I was working. And to, I guess as well, and to move purely design skill, try mm -hmm. to get that from different projects and, and yeah, be a little bit more... Um, I guess surprised by whatever was coming through and accept things a bit more freely. So you're finding in your freelance life that you're getting, you're working with, um, you know, in a lot more variety of things. That's definitely something that I found works the best for me. Uh, being in the, in the house was an amazing experience and I really loved it. But I've also come to realize that I don't necessarily thrive in a nine-to-five environment. <laughs> yep. um, and actually, the stress that comes with freelancing is something that I'm very happy to deal with. And mm. I'm happy dealing with all of the admin and all of that on the side. And also get the design and practice as well. So it's been the, that balance has been working really well for me actually awesome and how long have you been freelancing like when did you make that decision how long have you been at that for so that would have been january 2014 okay. i think yeah i think it's been that long yes yeah, so over five it's, years now yeah it's gone really quickly <laughs> perfect and you've learned a lot along the way i'm sure Definitely. I think what, so I, when I was studying, I mainly focused on print because that was something that I really loved. I was really into learning everything about um, letterpress and screen printing. And I definitely tried to make the most of the workshops that were available Mm -hmm. And everywhere I've studied. And when I did my second MA in typography, I focused on a magazine and self-published magazine. So it was all about print. And when I started working at Mary Media, that's when I really got to discover the world of digital design. And it was quite broad in the sense that we worked on app. We worked on um, websites and everything in between social media and everything that now is required for any campaigns to work, really. Um, and that's something that I really liked. And so across freelance, while freelancing, I've been working with also really small companies, really big companies. So it's been interesting to see what different organization need what different clients require and it's been challenging in the sense that you always have to define what new skills you need to work on and that's been um i think in that sense the freelance experience is a bit different that the in-house working in-house mm -hmm. because when you work in-house generally 
the place where you work at will dedicate time and resources for you to develop your skills there. Um, but what's really important with freelancing is that you definitely have to do that on your own time as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's been really good to go on different projects and realize that there was a little bit of a skill gap maybe or something that I didn't know too much about. And it meant I needed to research and be really specific about it. I like that. You really broke that down. Like, you sort of gave us the, <laughs> the nitty gritty there. Um, I want to go back even further than, you know, your time in school and, and getting into yeah. sort of design training. And I want to ask you about your childhood. Um, do you feel you had a creative childhood that led you in this career path? Yeah, definitely. So I think I can say that I had a really creative childhood. Um, I think I would say that it was a lot to do with my parents. So my parents were really happy to encourage all of us to pursue any kind of endeavors we were really into. Um, And they also really loved anything to do with art and culture. So it was very... Uh, normal for us to go to museum exhibitions and to go to the library on a weekly basis so that environment was just routine and so it didn't feel it was extra activities that we were doing to make it a bit special it was just very normal and natural and also so I grew up in the um, suburb like the Parisian suburbs I'm French Mm -hmm. Um, and it was a super culturally diverse area and it was also a place where we had access to amazing activities so we had one cultural center which had um, a music kind of section so you could um, get your lessons for any kind of instruments actually and then you had the painting drawing kind of activities and it meant that um, I would go for a violin lesson on the Wednesday and then an hour after that I would go to a painting class because it meant that uh, it was a full day of fun stuff that I got to do. So, yeah, definitely. <laughs> That's cool. So definitely raised around arts and culture and sort of exposed to that uh, throughout yeah. your childhood. Absolutely. So who was it then that you think um, – put you on to graphic design or pointed you in that direction or how did how did that direction come about so I think that so I think I've always really wanted to do any something to do with art mm-hmm. like growing up that was the thing that just brought me so much happiness and math and other subjects not so much not so much um <laughs> and but you have to do it um, when you're freelance because you still have to be really good at that. So, <laughs> um, But I think when I started uni, what, what was really amazing is the school when I, where I went to, the first year you kind of do a bit of everything. So I knew I wanted to do something in art, but I didn't necessarily know what I wanted to specialize in. I didn't know if I wanted to go full into painting or printing or, um, and the first year was definitely the year where I realized that graphic design as a discipline felt like it mixed everything I was really into. It was about typography. It was about layout. It was about photography. And then 
no matter what you work on, you always have to learn about the content that you're working on. Mm -hmm. So your project will be about something completely different that you don't know about. And that was something that was very attractive to me. And while studying, I met um, someone that I think completely changed the way I started working and what I really got into. And she was um, one of my tutors. She was called Susanna Shannon. Mm-hmm. So she runs a um, design practice based in Marseille now, in the south of France. Okay. And it's called Design Depth. And she was also, um, as part of a practice, teaching at a university level. And her classes just had this amazing mix of technical knowledge and she was really good at teaching us how to use the programs that we needed, how to be very specific when using typography, but also her cultural knowledge was really vast and it felt like she always had a little bit of something to get us going Mm -hmm. and to extend also our basic knowledge and another thing that was very I think specific to how she was doing thing is that she was really good at sharing insight um, of the industry and being really clear about what was happening how um, we could do different kind of jobs um, if we had different interests so that was that was definitely I think the moment where I realized graphic design and design was the one thing I wanted to do. So it's like the you were really excited initially at the the fact that when you're creating for these different brands and different companies and creating these different designs, you also have to learn about those things. So it was initially the learning that you were excited about. Yeah, absolutely. That's something that I've always loved in every project I've worked on. Mm-hmm. Um because that's something that I think is definitely very unique. And the diversity of projects I've worked on has been good for that. So you sometimes will have something that is about the fashion industry and mm-hmm. you need to know everything about it. You need to know the history of it. You need to know what the companies are doing, how it works, who works with who and the photographers and all of that. And it's super interesting. And then the next project could be um, about 3D printing and something I know nothing about, which mm-hmm. means that I get to dive into an industry that is completely unknown to me. And the research is definitely something that is essential mm-hmm. to every project. And it's something that I probably one of the things that I enjoy the most about my job That's is that great. you yeah, that you get to discover all the time. And then it was this instructor that really, you know, helped change how you view graphic design because of the, you know, the mix of technical skills with cultural influence, plus, um, you know, that industry insider look at things. And that was really what reassured you that this is the right direction for you. Yeah, absolutely. Perfect. Um, so in that period of time, I want to know, is there one design or one project that stands out as the most influential of your life so far? Um, actually, I don't think 
there is necessarily one project. Mm -hmm. I think what I've come to realize that it's more of a series of key moments. Got it. In the sense that every project I've worked on has allowed me to learn something new. Um, and I've worked on quite a broad range of projects. So mm -hmm. I find it really hard, actually, to pick just one thing. <laughs> you love little um, bits of them all. Yeah, I know, exactly. Um, and I'll look at different projects because, for example, working with Susanna Shannon, which happened when um, I was looking for an internship and I worked at her studio for two months. Um, that was amazing because it taught me a lot about the industry, what working in a studio meant, mm -hmm. what kind of um, relationship could be happening between your client and the designer. And so that was a really good foundation. So I always look back at that as the first real base I got of what working as a designer was mm -hmm. then the second really important moment was when i worked at dito press as a graphic design intern mm -hmm. and it was really short but it actually was a proper landmark in my entire path in the sense that i got to work on a project that was um a newsprint publication for the ooh, I have a um, small doubt for the university for a university, and it was all about punk and the looking at memorabilia and sorting out a massive amount of um, printed item, mm -hmm. and that meant doing so much research about the music, about what band could we put next to what other band if it made sense mm -hmm. if it worked within like the overall um overall idea of what the music was at the time and also that studio had uh, what was interesting is that they had a publishing practice they also did um design services offered design services and also uh, offered risograph printing services. So that's definitely something I look back at as being really important. Mm -hmm. And I guess the one after that would be when I worked on Gucci Style, which was um, the first digital project I worked on. And that was when I was working at Mary Media uh, back in 2000. 13 I mm -hmm. believe maybe um, and it was it was really interesting because it was um, weekly content being delivered in I believe six or seven languages wow. uh, which was amazing because it meant learning about all of the typographic rules specific to languages different languages mm -hmm. and um at the beginning, I worked as a designer. Then we had a developer coming in-house, which meant that actually I had someone I could ask all of my questions to. I had someone that we could interact better in order to produce uh, better content, uh, design in a way that was more efficient and, and worked better for also um, the, the audience we were targeting. Mm -hmm. And 
I also at some point I worked on the project management side of it and, and it meant interacting with the client and getting the weekly content figured out and, and getting all of the team working on, around that. So I think mm. those moments were definitely, I think, the three big landmarks yeah, that I back out. <laughs> key influential moments for sure. Yeah, definitely. So Clementine, I want to ask, um, who are a designer or, you know, is there a couple of designers or brands that you look up to or closely follow now? And, and what about them do you like? So I do, um, I do follow, I've realized that I do follow a lot of brands and designers on social media. And especially mm-hmm. I would say that Instagram is the best one for that Mm -hmm. because it remains very visual and it links everything back together which is super interesting because you keep on discovering new stuff Mm and but I've also realized that I don't have just one person I follow or just a set of people Um, within the industry there's always people like Jessica Walsh um, that I'll definitely regularly get updates on and see what is happening because I particularly love her work mm-hmm. and the way she works, the different things that she's been developing and for the industry as well. Um, it's been really beneficial, I think, just at my level. Um, and then there's... A lot of magazines as well, because I'm really interested in um, publishing practices. And there is a magazine based in the UK called Riposte. I'm probably not pronouncing it the correct way, but hopefully <laughs> that will be fine. Um, which is another um, independent magazine that publishes ex- excellent content. It's beautiful as a printed object. Mm-hmm. And also, they organize events and they try to bring the conversation a little bit out of just a published item, Mm -hmm. which is super interesting. Recently, I've discovered uh, Pebble magazine. So it's all about sustainability. And same, they've got... So I believe it's an online... It exists as an online platform. Um. And they also have been setting up events um, and promoting other organization that works around the notion of sustainability and being eco-friendly and all of that. So it's, um, I guess, something that is super important to me is also to look outside of the design world. Yes. Um, because I do get a lot of inspiration and... A lot of, I get really excited about what happens outside of it. And it's stuff about food and music and social media for that has been actually really interesting because you can get a little bit of everything. That's for sure. There's a diverse audience and um, you know a wide variety of people um, in, both in and outside the design world that you can draw inspiration from. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Um, 
So the next couple of questions I have for you are around print design. So I was excited to hear in your intro that you gave that, you know, that is something that, it, you know, you're passionate about and you really enjoy doing. Um, can you tell us about how you have utilized print in your design career and any stories around printer packaging you have? So the first thing, I guess, was um, my MA project, which was a publication about uh, the use of typography within indie and self-published magazine around mm -hmm. the subject of design. And that was really interesting in the sense that I got to talk to very different uh, people within the industry um, in the UK, in Canada, in Australia and in France as well um, about what their practice was about, about um, why print as a media was interesting mm -hmm. to them um, and I definitely learned so much from that but that was still very DIY in the sense that being at uni I didn't have to make many copies of it mm -hmm. so I could create an object that was uh, super exciting but maybe if it had been a case of I wanted to produce it at more than 10 copies um, it would have been an extremely expensive object mm -hmm. but it's not necessarily something when you have access to workshops that I think you think about too much and it's when you're starting to work and you have a budget to work with that was set by your client mm -hmm. you can't really go to you can't really go outside of that and mm -hmm. um, and after that print I've, I worked a lot um on magazines mm -hmm. uh, which is really interesting because it's the I what I really love about magazines is the idea that it's a set model the size generally will remain the same, the layout um, and the grades have been established. Or even if you're working on redesigning that, it's still a system that has to work on a modular level and mm. that you can put content in different ways that remains very exciting. And it doesn't feel very samey-samey, it's but it breathes and and it tells different stories depending on what your content is. Mm -hmm. um, and one project was uh, working on Le Monde d'Hermès, which was a publication that was uh, produced by the uh, French fashion uh, label Hermès. Mm -hmm. And it was, I was working on this with the team, the dedicated team at Mary Media with uh, Benjamin Grillon and Aurélie Michaud. And what was good is that I came in mainly to work on the different languages that were being said. I mm -hmm. believe the magazine was available uh, in nine languages. Wow. And we, the design in French and in English was set in-house at the studio. I worked on setting up the Spanish version. And then all of the other designers working on the other languages would send every page and we would just go through everything, recheck everything. And it's the same. You learn so much about precision 
and having to make sure that the document is set properly, that the uh, images have been set in the right color profile. And that was also all about, I think, being lucky to have people that were happy to share their knowledge and that were really, really good at um, attention to detail. And also people that were really good at um, telling me when a mistake was made. Mm -hmm. So it meant that I knew exactly what had happened, how to correct it and how to avoid it in the future. Um, um, recently, um, I've been more focused on risograph printing just for my own self-initiated projects. Mm -hmm. Which is a bit different because it's that mix between the photocopier and screen printing. Mm -hmm. And you have a limited amount of colors to work with. And you also can actually, based on the limit of that model, you can actually do very, very exciting things. Yeah, so it's learning the intricacies of it and how to use that to your design advantage rather than you know, looking at it as a limitation. Yeah, absolutely. I think Perfect. that's the really exciting thing about risograph printing. Mm -hmm. um, so I have a couple of questions now about a time in your career where you probably made some mistakes and you probably learned some lessons. And I want to pull those stories out for the listeners and share them. Um, so what has been the most challenging time in your design career so far? Why was it challenging and how did you get through it? So I think actually the most challenging experience overall is freelancing. And mm -hmm. um, in the sense that while I absolutely adore it, um, there is definitely a difficulty, a lot of difficulties that are different from working in-house. Mm -hmm. um, and in the sense that you need to always look uh, for the next project. You need to really work on building connections with other people within the industry because a lot of it will be people are very happy to recommend you based on the work you've done for them or because they know personally what kind of level of work you can achieve. So it's easier for everybody to just know what is happening in order to recommend each other. And... Mm -hmm. um, and definitely um, I've learned how to deal with clients directly. And that meant uh, all of the good and bad aspects of it. Um, and sometimes freelancing can mean that you have less set hours, I would say. So it means <laughs> that clients can have the tendency to uh, be a little bit more demanding. So it's yes. work, working out basically that. Um, and I think, I think that is definitely the most challenging. And also it means that, for example, when you work for, you come in and work for a studio as a freelancer, you need to come and be at your best. And um, if you don't know something, it's super important to say it beforehand or as it's happening um, because generally when you come in you have to be the most efficient you can be 
because you tend to be hired for a limited amount of time. Mm -hmm. um, and that is something that I've definitely learned on the go is be super open about what your skills are um, and there's no need to make it up because uh, I think it's not helping anybody. No, you can get yourself in trouble too. Yeah, definitely. And I think it's so much more stress than being super honest about what you don't know how to do. Mm. Uh, for example, I don't really work that much with packaging. So it's always something that I've been really honest about. Mm -hmm. But more recently, um, I've been really lucky because one of the studio I've been working for a little bit, um, they've taken the time to show me what packaging was all about and how they set their artwork art working files, for example. Mm -hmm. um, so I think it's just the overall experience because there's definitely many mistakes made, like uh, uh, emails sent to clients with not necessarily the right level of English or a presentation sent that maybe it would have been good to check for typos. Mm -hmm. um, but all of those, I think it's just taking the time to do things. And one thing is um, it's definitely been super important for me to be able to reflect on every experience. And a mistake is bad if you just live it and you learn nothing from it mm -hmm. and you just keep it as a really negative experience. I tend to look at projects that maybe have not gone well in the sense that... Um, that maybe the work had gone out and we could have done more, but or maybe the relationship that was built with the client was very difficult. Mm -hmm. um, but all of that, I've definitely always looked back at it and spend time analysing why something, for me, had felt difficult, mm -hmm. what, um, were the things that I was okay to deal with um, what was my skill gap as well even in terms of just dealing with people you need to be really honest with yourself and realize what you're not so good at in order to deliver a better service all around I think I like that just being open and honest on your skills and you know that even opens the door for like the studio and the packaging that you mentioned it opens up opportunities for you to learn and grow in an area that you weren't strong before so I really like that yeah definitely um I want to ask you now about a project that you've been a part of that you are the most proud of um one that just makes your heart sing or maybe the biggest design feather in your cap um, hmm, that's a really difficult question again, um, <laughs> but I think I'll definitely go back to working on Gucci style as an app, um, because when you start working on digital project, there is so much, it's very, it's so different from working on print projects, and apps are even different beast from websites um, and what was interesting is I didn't have any experience also of working for anything to do with the luxury of fashion industry really mm -hmm. so that was a um, really sharp learning curve in the sense that 
I had to do so much research about what that luxury industry was about, mm -hmm. how um, you communicate with your clients, how when you put Moodborn together, you have to realize what sort of visual will work for them and um, what won't. And that level of research and trying to learn about one industry I knew nothing about was absolutely fantastic. And also, I think because it can be a very demanding industry, mm -hmm. that meant that I had to really up my game and be really specific and pay good attention to every single detail. Mm -hmm. um, and aside from obviously the design aspect, which was a very new experience to me, there was also the learning how to manage a project and learning how to deal with getting weekly content out in multiple languages as well as working on any other project that was coming through the door while uh, the studio was happening, the mm -hmm. life of the studio was happening. And balancing all of that was um, an experience that now, freelancing, I can see the benefit of it. And I can see how much I've learned from being able to present ideas to people, being able to research an industry. So what I will present will be relevant and mean that communication will be clear and efficient and being able to manage multiple projects at once mm -hmm. and deal with clients. That I think that's, in that sense, one project that it sort of encompasses everything in the design practice that now I really use on a daily basis. So we don't not only taught you like you not only learned from that experience on the design side, but also the managing side from managing client expectations to managing timing and workflow and all of the other pieces to that. So that's, that's like definitely one that, uh, you know, you can be proud of for sure. Thank you. Yeah, no, it's definitely a complete experience. Complete experience. I like that. Yeah. Um, so now is the time of the show for the Ask It Forward question. Ooh. I have a question for you from my last guest, and you have an opportunity to ask a question of my next guest. I'm not going to tell you who they are, but you can ask them anything. Okay. Um, so the question I have for you, my last guest was Shane Harris. He's a designer and illustrator based in Melbourne, Florida, not Melbourne, Australia. Mm -hmm. um, and funny story, we actually had to, to delay our interview from last week to this week because of the hurricane that was going through there. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. yeah. So he's back home. Everything's good. And his okay. ask it forward yes. question is, um, what is something you see the design community does really well or see them doing really well? Oh, that's a really good question. Oh, I wish I thought about that one. Um, I guess something that I see the community doing really well. I guess one thing actually that I've been really um, enjoying is the community being happy to share. Mm. In the sense that nice. um, something that I really love about design is the amount of events and 
um, even small organizations that are all about helping other creatives. Mm. So, for example, you'll have, um, you do have tons of design, graphic design or design festivals uh, all around the world with people with different experience from different places working on so many different projects coming in and telling others why they do what they do, how they do it, and also um, more and more being able to talk about the difficult aspects of Mm -hmm. their practice and being very honest. And I think, for example, as a student, it was massive to be able to go to events like that and be able to hear others share their knowledge and experience in such a public forum. Mm -hmm. And... And then you also find that across online because there's so many amazing reference websites like, I don't know, um, It's Nice Style or Creative Boom. Or for example, even Mind Sparkle, which are focused on sharing what other people do and what giving industry little knowledge bites to everybody. I think definitely sharing is the one thing that I get the most out of my own industry. <laughs> well said. Nicely done. Um, so what is your ask it forward question? So I think I would like to know how the place where the next creative leave has an impact on their design practice. And if it has any, or if it doesn't, um, why? Perfect. I will ask our next guest. Amazing. Clementine, thank you so much for being on the show today. That is the end of the Quickie Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. All right. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode, everybody. Maybe I should change that intro to 30-ish minutes or less. There's some great stories and great guests, and I just love hearing from them. Um, You know, so yeah, 30-ish minutes or so. Thank you again for listening, guys, and I will see you tomorrow. Bye.